This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Adam Scalina, riding shotgun. How you doing, Corey? Good yourself. Long time no see. Yeah. You just got back from Costa Rica. I did. And you're all tanned and I'm, skinny. And how did it go? Oh, come on. I I, I don't think the tanned and skinny, but I was oh, definitely Oh, come on, right. come on. But we shouldn't bury the lead. Meg Cooney's on the program from, yes. from William Wright, talking about pre-sales, new construction. So this is a super exciting episode. But yeah, no, had a good time. Definitely a good time away. Overall, relaxing. Yep. Yeah, actually, I was actually just thinking about it on the drive over. I, sh- I haven't told you this yet, but uh, pretty funny. My daughter uh, takes a surf camp and she's, okay. she's four years old and uh, and she takes it and it's like older kids. So she's there for a week and it was awesome. She learned how to surf. She learned how to stand up, everything else. It was, it was a lot of fun, but I'm putting her to bed um, one night, like towards the end of the trip. And uh, I've got the air conditioning on. I like to sleep, you know, like 18, like really 17, 18, like really cold. Yeah. But I'm sleeping. She's in sleeping in our our room. And uh, I said to her, she's been hanging out with older kids the whole time. I said, yeah, so are you, hey, are you cold? And she goes, I'm okay, but my unicorn is f***ing cold. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, what? (laughs) And she's like, unicorn is f***ing cold. And I'm like, Wait a second. Like this is, so this is totally, you know, the first time she's ever said, you know, so I'm like, oh man, this is uh well, clearly the older kids had some influence on her, but <laughs> I had to like the whole half second half of the trip was like damage control, taking that out of her <laughs> vocabulary. And she goes to me, daddy, it just means very and I'm like, I guess it does kind of mean very. It means a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> well, we we've graduated from Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast PG to R ratings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Forward. No, we've got James bleeping that up. So that's, uh, <laughs> but, but I think the listeners will get the gist. But you had a good holiday. It was yeah. We it was we we were work wise was extremely busy, so we stayed local. Yeah. Uh, but we did a, a quick little staycation downtown and my kids discovered the Cardero's restaurant, which is my favorite. Oh, wow. And so we, we were- That's I, nice at Christmas too. Oh, it's awesome. It was great. So we went there. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but like Thursday night for dinner. Yeah. Kids ate, like my youngest guy ate two pizzas, like 12 slices. The guy eats like a bird all week and then you give him to Cardero's and the guy just eats everything he can. Yeah, yeah. So we literally went Expensive there taste. Thursday for dinner, Friday for lunch, Friday for dinner and Saturday for dinner. It's uh, a nice room. I feel it's like awesome. That's, uh, it's my favorite place to go. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good recommendation that uh yeah, I feel like that used to be a place to to go for lunch all the time, but I haven't been yeah. there forever. Well, I, I heard a long time ago, I could be completely wrong. I was told it was like an old keg before oh, really? it became Cardero's. And apparently the story goes they forgot to renew their lease. You know what's crazy? You know, I really yeah, apparently they they forgot to renew the lease. The landlord uh, you know, played hardball with them. Yeah. And had another group that was interested and did the deal with the other group and all of a sudden Cardero's wow. open. So 
That's wild. Yeah. Hey, do you remember this place? It always had kind of a funny name. I don't think I ever went to it, but it was like a restaurant in the area. I think it was called like Crime Lab or Crime Lab. Yeah, I remember that. It was that. Uh, it was a, a little glass like hut almost on the seawall yeah. there. Yeah. But it was a restaurant, right? Yeah. They changed hands a lot too. This is a tough location. Like there's limited parking and like you have to like tough. I don't go. know if I, crime lab is what I want to be thinking about when. No, uh, no, I don't. I think, I think <laughs> when you just heard the name, it just kind of like discouraged I, yeah. you before you went. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, this is a fantastic episode talking about all things pre-sale in commercial real estate, which we should say we've had a lot of clients over the, yeah. I mean, you guys, you, your team has had tons of clients, but a lot of our clients have actually went into pre-sale as their first foray into commercial real estate. Yeah. And right now, it's a similar strategy that we talk about on the Vancouver residential show, I should say, Vancouver yeah. Real Estate Podcast. But the idea that people are trying to get away from these interest rates totally. and have a bit of a runway, right? So they're trying yeah. to buy something that's maybe not closing for two, three, five years from now, right? So yeah. uh, today, we talk about that strategy. You give a few strategies of your own that you use personally or have used with clients over the years. So yeah. lots of key takeaways. This is a phenomenal episode. Enjoy guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with Meg Cooney, who's the senior broker at William Wright Commercial Real Estate Services. How are you doing, Meg? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for taking the time this morning. I know it's uh, we should we should timestamp this. It's freezing cold. There's yeah. about. One centimeter of snow on the well, ground. Well, speaking speaking of that, Meg yeah. texted me this morning. So Meg lives in Port Moody, Coquitlam area, we'll say, without giving away her address. Right. Meg, yeah. how long did it take you to get home yesterday from Vancouver to Port Moody, Coquitlam? Three hours and 40 minutes. And there was a, like, did <laughs> it even snow? Like, That's, it's just the threat well, of snow. We stop our city. You know what's unbelievable, too, is, is and I don't want to be this guy, but I, I grew up in Winnipeg. If yeah. we had weather like today with one centimeter of snow, yeah. people would be canceling work to go golfing. Well, it's like it's like in Edmonton, you have to physically dig your hole yeah. to get to your truck because there's so much snow. If you're and late for work, you're fired. You're fired. I know. In Vancouver, the threat that it might snow two Tuesdays from today, we're going to shut down the city just in case. I like know. it's just ridiculous. My kids home from daycare. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I drove in this morning to Vancouver. There was no traffic. Like yeah. no traffic today. And I'm like, everyone just throws the towel in because it's cold. Like It's yeah. just like, man, no wonder wow. we can't win the Stanley Cup out here. We're just wimps. It's, <laughs> it's, tr it's kind of true. Yeah, no, It's kind of true. So Meg, yeah, thanks for, thanks for taking the time. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and in your role at uh, William Wright? Yeah, of course. So I have been in real estate since 2012. So I started in pre-sale on the residential side, working for a developer I then transitioned into commercial in 2015 and yeah, I've been focusing on retail investment and development land as well as leasing on the retail space. 
What, just out of curiosity, what kind of projects were you doing when you were in uh, residential pre-sale? Yeah, so it was uh, uh, with a wood frame developer, so uh, Mosaic Homes. I was working... Wow. Yeah, so I, I did pre-sales for some townhome projects, um, some mixed-use projects, um, but just the residential portion. But yeah, low rises um, in kind of key areas. So I worked in the Burke Mountain area, uh, kind of close to Cory, not to give it away, but... Right. <laughs> um, and then Burquitlam, and as well as like Bayswater, so that would be uh, Kitsilano. Cool. Wow, that was a good project. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it was my first one coming out of school. Speaking of pre-sales, Meg, we wanted to have you join us today because we're everyone's looking for what's the next great investment opportunity in commercial real estate. And as we start 2024 here, we still have these high interest rates, which I think we're all very optimistic are going to start to come down. But nevertheless, they're still there today. And we're talking about great investment opportunities. And one great way to invest in commercial real estate, but avoid the high interest rates is by pre-sale. So we yeah. wanted to have you to come on today because obviously you've been involved in a lot of pre-sale on the commercial side as well as residential side. And we can talk a little bit about a strategy that could be formed around, I'm going to buy a pre-sale, maybe an office space, industrial, or maybe a retail property that I, can, I might have to close on it till 2026, 2027, mm-hmm. maybe 2028. But meanwhile, I can build equity in that property before I close on it and not have to close on it with a, an interest rate of six, six and a half or seven, but I'm closing on it with an interest rate of 2026, 2027, 2028, which hopefully will be more in line with pre-COVID numbers that you may be closing with a four and a half percent interest rate, but I can gain the equity along the way. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds to me then, Meg, based on Corey's description, that there's a lot of investors looking for kind of longer timelines in terms of making investments in commercial real estate. Can you talk about some markets maybe that are exciting or some projects that are exciting? Yeah. So looking into 2024, I think, you know, retail is definitely uh, still of interest. The industrial market has definitely kind of cooled. And I think that there's an opportunity to see pricing go down a little bit. Um, we were obviously in the peak in 2021. And now looking into 2024, I think that market has softened, which allows for more opportunities for owner occupiers to come in or even investors. And then also the pre-sale space. So I think, you know, we're still in a market where interest rates are relatively high and we are anticipating uh, reductions to the interest rates. However, you know, for someone to buy today and close within the next three months, they're likely going to still be in the same kind of market as they were in, you know, Q3, Q4 of 2023. And so, you know, with investors that I'm working with, we're definitely targeting and looking at pre-sales a little bit closer because there seems to be a trend of there will be a reduction over the next you know two years or so, looking at projects that are closing in 2025 to 2027 or even later, um, you know provides them some peace of mind that they might be in a better climate when they actually come to close on that investment or for their own business. Now, is there any market specific that you think might have this strategy might be like you might have a leg up? to invest in like markets in 2024 here that look really, really good today. But then obviously if you're buying pre-sale, you're buying further out, I can get in today in a great market, but that great market could be an exceptional market by the time I close. Yeah. So there's definitely some markets and I think it always kind of follows the OCPs and, you know, the NCP changes in those areas. For example, Langley City, I think is a really good area to invest in with the extension from Surrey to Langley. So if you look at the 196 or the 203rd station, 
there's a lot of development that is happening in those areas. Um, but I believe that the SkyTrain is estimated for 2028. So if you can kind of bridge that time, let's say purchase today with an anticipated closing of 2026 or 2027, that bridges the gap and it brings you closer to a market where, you know, the infrastructure is underway or close to being completed. And you didn't have to weather the mortgage rates up until that point because you don't start paying your mortgage until you actually close on the property. So something like that, or, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard of the Bill 47, which is introducing higher density around transit-oriented areas. So you look at like a Royal Oak or an Edmonds or a 29th station, you know, yet to be determined where these areas are going to be and how much density. But, you know, if they're building 20-story towers in that area, that's going to bring a lot of population. And so to buy a pre-sale in that area and kind of not have to pay for the three to four years while you wait for that project to complete. I think those are really sound investments to kind of forward look into the future. Well, I think if we kind of, on on piggybacking on that, we talk a lot about secondary and tertiary markets on this program, that one thing that drives commercial real estate is is after developers buy land, they build land, people move in, and then eventually stuff that we, we lease out for clients they, I mean, that all happens when people need jobs. So if I can look at, say, a market like maybe like an Nanaimo or Victoria or maybe even like a Kamloops for that matter, where I, it's a it's a good emerging market today, but I get in there now, and by the time this closes, that population might be up two, three, five percent, which is a lot in some of these smaller markets. That makes yeah. that market even that much more desirable. Not to mention, as the population moves in demand for spaces grow, my lease rates might be higher than I originally anticipated, which is further, not only have I gained equity in my property, but it also furthers my develop, my investment by having a higher cap rate than first anticipated, which creates cash flow and will have impact on my loan to value at the time I close. Absolutely. How would I go about, so Meg, I'm, I'm just thinking, so some of the areas that you mentioned from Langley City to Edmonds and obviously around the um, transportation hubs, which... Uh, is is sound advice. How do you go about looking for pre-sales in commercial? Because it's a little bit different than residential. Yeah. So obviously I'd recommend that you get involved with a real estate broker. What we do on our end is we are following development permit applications and even, you know, at the beginning of the sale. So if we see that a developer purchases in an area you know, likely they're looking at two to three years to get their plans underway. And then they're, you know, getting close to um, launching for pre-sale. So, you know, when I have clients that are looking in areas where there's no current development, I'll pull all of the permits for the area to see, you know, what's coming to and whether it's reaching out directly to other brokers who have a relationship with them or speaking directly to the developer that I might have a relationship with, you know, getting in early and registering your interest is pretty key, especially with a lot of these smaller projects. So, you know, we're seeing a lot more boutique, especially in the, you know, GVA area, a lot more boutique projects um, where there might only be two or three units of um, retail in the in the development. And there might be, you know, two to three years before the next project comes around for pre-sale. So I think, you know, being in tune with what is coming up the pipeline and also having those developer relationships to make that connection early um, is pretty key because, you know, supply is quite limited. And I think Corey can kind of speak to this as well. You know, we've, we've definitely seen a slowdown and kind of pause in projects, you know, over the past year or so where 
developers are reevaluating the market to see if this is the time now to come to the market or if it's going to come at a later date. And so, you know, supply for retail, especially um, with an opportunity to purchase, is quite rare. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with you on that. You know, we we talked about this before myself and Meg and a few other people there is developers are getting a little concerned that there's always been, like you look at the industrial side of things, and industrial has been a market where you've had such a huge contingency of owner-occupiers versus investors and probably the asset class you see the largest amount of owner-occupiers in. So much product has come to the market in such a small period of time because developers uh, had put a lot of products in the pipeline because industrial demand was so high that now we have a little bit of a slowdown. We have high interest rate costs. We have high construction costs. People paid high for land. Developers may not have the same confidence launching projects, maybe at some of these $700 plus price points they have to launch them at that maybe they're slowing down some of the projects in the pipeline, which from an investor standpoint might be a good thing versus having an abundance of inventory come to available at one time and the market not be able to absorb it. Exactly. Yeah. Are there opportunities right now for industrial purchasers? Or not really? Yeah. So there are quite a few industrial projects um, that have recently completed in Q4 of 2023. And so we're seeing a bit of an influx in inventory right now. Richmond, Vancouver, Burnaby, you know, that small bay industrial product, I think we're seeing more inventory than we have in the past, you know, three or four years. And this this is going to have effects on the lease rates. So whether um, these purchasers purchase for investment or if they were looking to occupy, the effects on lease rates is always going to be affected by the supply. If they have more options, it is going to start to soften, um, you know, the price per square foot that they pay. So, you know, I, I think that this is healthy. It's good to see. Definitely creeping up to like the high 20s, even like low 30s for small bay industrial. You know, in probably about 2021 is when we really saw the peak. Um, so it's good to see it kind of level out and, you know, have some more options for these, uh, for these business owners to, to lease. And what's pushing the demand for retail? Yeah. So, you know, last year, I would say retail leasing was very strong. A lot of it had to do with the fact that those who were considering purchasing had taken a step back and decided to, you know, maybe do a three or a five-year lease term while the interest rates were high. So in terms of um, vacant space in key areas, key cor- corridors, you know, I do a lot of work on Main Street. Um, we often see a lot of interest per listing um, and very little inventory. Um, I think one of the major drivers really was from the interest rates, bringing more, you know, transitioning more buyers into tenants and really increasing the demand there. Also, I think, you know, retail, especially through COVID, it, it kind of surprised us. I think retail has definitely changed from, you know, the, the classic retail store or clothing store and is really more service oriented. So we're seeing, you know, med spas absolutely everywhere. We're seeing a wellness center. So physio, acupuncture, general medical clinics, pharmacies, and then food use as well. So if you have a retail space that is vented for restaurant, you know, that's such a challenge to create after the fact. And it's such an asset for a group to come in and to be able to create the restaurant in that space. Um, that's where retail's really held strong is service or community approached um, retail. And so, Meg, I'm, I'm, this might be a tough question, but somebody out there is wondering if if Meg Cooney was making an investment herself or for a family member. Do you have an asset class that that you would 
probably target right now in this in this current climate and and maybe a location as well? Yeah. So I, I think for me, I would definitely be looking at the retail space, but in key areas. So I think whether the area is already you know thriving and um, developed, um, like a Point Grey or or Carisdale, or if it's an up and coming area. And it really depends on your threshold for investment. I would say if you're under that $2 million mark, Strata is an absolutely amazing option for that, especially for the reasons I mentioned where you can um, put a deposit down now and then wait for later days to complete on the project, which also gives you the opportunity to pre-lease as well if, if that's of interest. And then if you ha- are looking for something larger scale, I would say... You know, something that is not at its highest and best use in an area that's undergoing change. So you look at a single story retail building on, let's say, a quarter acre of land um, that is going to be close to an infrastructure change or an OCP change. I think that there's a lot of opportunity in the short term to improve those rates as the area changes around them and new projects come in setting the new benchmark for lease rates. You can enjoy that ride from an income standpoint, but also from an exit strategy. If you have scale and land, you know, that certainly helps with your ability to get the maximum appreciation for your property. So I'm just thinking out loud here. If I'm, so, so say I'm, I'm a, the first, first time purchasing a um, pre-sale um, retail and I want to try and pre-lease to, to make sure that I have someone that's going to occupy the space just from kind of day dot, at what process do I bring in somebody to help me with leasing? At what st- stage of the process, I should say? Yeah, so, you know, typically um, a prospective tenant would like to see that the building is, um, you know, under construction or that there's some kind of estimate on timeline for that to be delivered. So I would say anywhere from like nine months prior to the project being completed or estimated completed is um, a good time to get a leasing. Uh, broker involved to set up the pre-leasing for your investment property. So here, here, here's here's the strategy. So this is where you want to okay. all the listeners are going to get their pens out. So if I buy a re, we'll say retail here. Okay, we're going to say retail. So I buy a retail property that maybe I have two, three, or potentially four years to close on. And when I say up to four years, if you buy ground floor retail in a in a building that maybe twenty or thirty stories, it's going to take a while to go up. So. I pencil out, let's just say for argument's sake, $30 a foot is my target lease rate. Fast forward two, three, four years, that area has matured. And now my lease rate isn't $30 a foot, but my agents told me I can get $40 a foot for it. Well, mm-hmm. here's your strategy. So you're going to want to close on it with private money. Maybe that's a maybe that's a B lender type of thing. So you're paying a little bit of a higher interest. It's already been pre-leased. You got your $40 a foot. You get your tenant open for business. So after their fixturing period, they're open for business. You then go get your property appraised as an income-producing property versus a compa- versus a direct comparable as a shell on a price per foot metric. Take that appraisal, go back to the bank, and you'll find you might get a much better loan to value on your investment, which means a smaller down payment, higher cash on cash return. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Do we have to go any further? Or is uh, that just if there was somewhere <laughs> I could drop a mic and walk out of the room, I would. <laughs> It only works if the market matures. It's not always guaranteed. But if you have so, the foresight, it helps you. Okay. And so I think what we've done here in many regards is we've we've targeted so certain certain areas, especially where we're going to be seeing a lot more 20-story buildings, where we're seeing a lot more residents moving in. So what that typically means is 
there's population growth coming to that immediate location, if I understand correctly, for a market mm-hmm. to mature, Corey. So I'm just thinking if we're if we're thinking about maybe, and I'll put this to both of you, if I'm looking at in Vancouver or in greater Vancouver, maybe Meg has already identified a few areas geographically that we should consider. What about in the province as well? Nanaimo. Nanaimo. Well, here's the other thing too, is if you look in some of these secondary markets, and I really think 2024 is going to be a really good rebound year for, for retail coming off of the back of COVID, is if you look in these smaller markets, even like a Kamloops, for example, go find me a 1,500 square foot strata lot in Kamloops for industrial in the right market. It doesn't exist. There's the odd building or two, but they never got the strata boom. And when you look in these secondary markets, especially when you have local developers, they necessarily don't have an experience we have here in the mainland street. And I remember having a conversation with a developer in Victoria probably six or seven years ago, and uh, they had finished a, a brand new, beautiful building in, in a great area, the Harris Green District. And they had like five and 8,000 square foot strata lots on the retail. And I remember asking him, why don't you just dice these up into 12, 14, 1800 square footers and sell them? And he looked at me and he rolled his eyes and said, who would buy them? And I, then it dawned on me really quickly that they hadn't experienced yet, but we had experienced over here. So what we did is we rounded up all, I rounded up all of my friends and we went and bought as many strata lots in this area as we could. Fast forward six or seven years, you're paying double the price for the strata lot now because now you're getting investors that understand the market, the market's maturing. So if you go into a market like the Nimo, you, there's not a lot of strata uh, opportunity period. But then if you can find good, well-positioned stratas, say retail, in good commercial nodes, if they exist, there'll always be a market for a tenant There'll always be a market for an owner-occupier, medical professional, and there'll always be a market for an investor. So that's where you're going to see where you, I think you'll have your, your major windfalls would be a market like that because the, not only is it a good market to invest in, period, but the strata boom hasn't existed yet on the commercial side. Yeah. So, so Meg, I'm just thinking right now, and, I, and it's very interesting what Corey's saying, but I'm just thinking right now about commercial opportunities because I don't, one, I don't see... You know, I, I often driving around the city or just, you know, being online, looking at what's going on in, in pre-sale, I don't see offerings all the time for, for commercial, you know, and, and, and so I, I love the idea of earlier how you said you got you to get a broker to kind of really start things out if you're looking for pre-construction. Are there any opportunities right now that you're, that you're kind of monitoring or, or that you can think of that, that are fairly attractive that you want to talk about? Yeah, actually, um, my team has a very exciting new opportunity that's going to be launching on uh, January 15th. So it's located in West Point Gray. It's a boutique building with six residential units and only two commercial units at grade. And so, you know, we anticipate just given the lack of supply for strata opportunities in this area, um, you know, that we're going to see very strong interest. In addition to that, they are kind of that perfect size for an entry-level owner-occupier or an investor, you know, to get their first commercial investment. Um, one is at 569 square feet and the other is 1,069 square feet, which suits, you know, quite a few different businesses. And again, this one is a pre-sale. So we're looking at probably 2025 for completion, which I think, you know, would be an ideal time to close on a property like this. And if whether you're an existing business in the area that, you know, wants to have some stability as to having the same location forever or building that equity versus paying your landlord for equity, 
Um, you know, what we're seeing a lot in Vancouver, especially with these single story buildings is you likely are going to be signing a lease with a demolition clause. And so whether you get three or five years, that renewal term will likely have a demolition clause, which could really affect your business. So having an opportunity to own, especially, you know, at these kind of sizes is um, very rare and, you know, creates long-term stability for your business. Smaller the units, the higher the price per foot. Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned the name of the project, but it's called Obsidian. It's uh, located at 4445 West 10th. And have any questions or would like to reach out, um, you can reach me on my email. Okay. And, and and we'll give that at the end of the show for sure. But an, anticipated uh, completion for that? Uh, 2025. 2025. There you go. By today, close in 2025, your interest rates could be half. Probably not half. I'm just being optimistic. But they'll be down quite a bit. Right. <laughs> All uh, right. And and last but not least, Meg, um, I'm just thinking somebody out there is is probably wondering... Um, you know, when they think of commercial real estate, they think, oh, I need to have, you know, bags of money to get in. But are there opportunities for people that kind of in the sub million market in the lower mainland that are looking for commercial real estate in pre-sale? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think especially in the strata space, you know, if you're looking at the million dollar budget, you're probably in that um, 500 to 1000 square foot of space. Um, But what's nice about that as a first investment is that is typically the parameters for a lot of tenants too. So, you know, when you're, when you're getting into the market, there is some peace of mind that that unit will be absorbed. And like, you know, we mentioned on the podcast, I think if you follow areas that are undergoing growth or, you know, have a really strong retail node presence, you will continue to do well year over year. So Meg, you know, the rules. Before we let you go, we got our, our six-pack of lighthearted questions. And now that we're in the start of January here, we've had to update them a little bit because we've had you on the show several times. Do you have a few more minutes to stick around for us? Yeah. Excellent. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. First question up. We're sitting here still, I think it's still our January. You can kind of say happy new year still. I don't know if you can or not, but uh, new year's resolutions for 2024. Yeah. So um, I have a couple, but I think definitely want to have more of a routine you know, wake up in the morning, go to the gym, just like everyone else in the world. <laughs> I think that's, that's usually the January plunge. 1st. Yeah. Yeah, do the <laughs> yeah. I actually have started cold plunging. It's, uh, it's tough, but, <laughs> yeah. and then also just reading more. I think that's, you know, I didn't really pick up many books in 2023. And I think just making that time on a Sunday to, um, read more is, is kind of top of my list this year. Yeah. It's game changer. Getting right. off yeah. your phone a bit more and reading. Well, well that leads to the next one. Book recommendation for our listeners for 2024. What's on your What's on your hit list? You know, you said it, and then I'm like pulling out the book I just bought. So it's <laughs> it's called Waking Up by Sam Harris. Have you guys heard of this one? No, tell us more. Um, so I've only really cracked into it about a chapter. So that was my last Sunday read. But um, yeah, basically, it's it's more of a spiritual book. But you know, just basically being more self aware and um, you know acknowledging where. I can be better and, and growth, I think, is uh, you know, how I'm going to start off the new year, but uh, probably pick up some business books as well throughout the years. 
Nice. Question number three is a vacation spot you hope to visit in uh, 2024. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Newfoundland would be cool. Wow. Uh, wow. I don't know if that's really like a vacation spot, but I do want to hit across Canada, I think, um, over the next couple of years and just really check out all the, you know, all the East Coast because I've really only done Central and West. So yeah, I think I'll do some uh, road trips in the future. Yeah, I've heard actually the maritime. I've heard the East Coast of Canada is like not to be missed. Yeah, from a few a people recently. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Newfoundland, you've had a few beverages. It's now late night in a bar, and someone gives you a karaoke mic. What song are you singing? Let's try January. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but she's what going to I Newfoundland. Not? Okay. What <laughs> am I not singing? Uh, <laughs> Something from like Dropkick Murphys, I guess. Yeah, probably. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. Uh, yeah, old Irish timey uh, song, I think. Perfect. What was the Canadian band that had the guy? Oh, Great, uh, great Big C. Yeah. Great Big C. Great Big C. Yeah, yeah, Great Big C. I love Great Big C. All right. And uh, now we're on to your death row meal. So you found yourself on death row. You've done something horrible. You get one more meal before it's all said and done, Megan. What's that meal going to be? I mean, I, I think I said steak and lobster last time. Um, okay, now you're going to Newfoundland, so let's think about that one. <laughs> well, I guess it has to be lobster. To, lobster and a kokanee. <laughs> yeah. who, gets, who gets two opportunities to go on death row? I mean, yeah. I am the luckiest person. <laughs> Very rare. Well, you must have a good lawyer the first time. Right? Yeah. Okay, so lobster. And last but not least, um, advice for a commercial real estate investor in 2024. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, now is the time to really jump in. I think in the next six months, we're probably going to see a flood of activity from buyers and investors come into the market again. And I think right now is a really key time to start exploring that, see what interests you, and then jump in before everything gets hectic again. Because I anticipate as soon as we get that interest rate reduction, um, there's going to be a flood of buyers into the market. So you know, to avoid that competition, I would definitely say... Start now, um, you know, get lined up with a commercial broker and uh, so you're ready before it gets a little bit crazy again. And Meg, if somebody wants to get in touch, how can they, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can reach me on uh, my email, meg at williamwright.ca or my cell phone, 778-960-5979. Well, Meg, we thank you once again for joining us. We know you're really, really busy and kind of unlocking some strategies and markets for 2024. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Meg. Take care. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Meg Cooney, William Wright, Commercial Vancouver, talking about pre-sales and how you can avoid high interest rates. Always enjoy having Meg on the show. I learned a lot. I always learn a lot from Meg. She's great. Yeah, that was a, a great conversation. I feel like if people, there, there's got to be a lot of people listening that want to at least be kept in the loop about projects. Totally. I mean, reach out to Meg. Meg's yeah. always got like development, land assemblies, like things like that going yeah, on. She's, she's definitely she's a busy in the person in the, in the market and she's definitely in the know. And I love that idea actually about the SkyTrain stations, the new Bill 47 yeah, uh, great point. related. I mean, that's that to me, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's going to be a ton of new, new people moving to these neighborhoods. There's obviously going to be high demand for coffee shops, medical services, yeah. that sort of thing. So seems like a no-brainer. Really good conversation. Corey, ICSC yes. coming up. Speaking of Meg, I'm sure she'll be up there at our booth there. So we have the big 
ICSC Conference in Whistler that goes down every year. The International Council of Shopping Centers is what ICSC stands for. If you deal in retail in any facet of commercial real estate, you got to be there. Stop by the William Wright Commercial Booth, booth number 1107. Matt Everett, who's been on the show before, is also our manager of business development. He'll be at the booth. Tons of the brokers will be up there. A lot of guests that you've sort of might have heard on the show that we've had throughout the company, they will all be there. So a great, great show to take in every year. There's lots of festivities, lots of parties to attend and events to attend. So if you're in commercial real estate and you're in any facet of the retail component side of it, it's a must in Whistler, January 21st to 23rd. Are you going? I will be there. Yeah, I go up every year. I love catching up. You, I, I really, you really meet and run into more people in that 48-hour span in our industry than you'll see the rest of the year. So it's a great opportunity to, to even put a name to a face, someone you might have done deals with over the years that you've never personally met just yet. Great to go connect and touch base and also hear what everyone's working on. Lots of stuff in the pipeline. So you get a really good insight of what 2024 is going to look like. It's hard not to run into people from our industry yeah. at Whistler just in general. In general, so, yes. So never mind when there's a huge thing like uh, ICSC going on. Yeah, no, it's always good. Definitely got to come check it out if you're in commercial real estate. And Corey, what else, uh, if people are looking to get in touch with William Wright, how can people get in touch with you? They can reach our Vancouver office anytime, 604-428-5255. Uh, let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best broker in the province to help you. You can send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always love talking real estate or visit our website, williamwright.ca. Sign up for the latest and greatest news. Excellent. Well, have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you back here next week for next another week. great episode. Thanks guys for listening. Subscribe today.